Okay, so let's talk about what colors they can be. Ooh. <laughs> Non-scripted, folks. We're all just excited. Oh, natural. <laughs> I actually have no, I had no idea what was going to go on today. So <laughs> I was a Super little not confused. scripted. So I don't have a script in this. <laughs> I'm just here to have some fun. <laughs> Best guest ever. <laughs> This is the CritterCast Podcast. Do you want to know what the secret is? What? You are today's guest co-host of CritterCast. Yay! Stop. <laughs> so, what's this episode about? That's a surprise to me, too. I have no idea. Hmm, interesting. So, what have we done? Well, if I don't know what today's about and you don't know what today's about, who else would know what today's about? Cassie. Should we uh, start off by introducing ourselves? Absolutely. Okay. This is episode 27 of CritterCast. I'm host, co-host Karina. <laughs> Are you? I don't know. Am I? It's been a while. Do you want to introduce? Well, why don't we do our other co-host? Okay. Yeah. Hi, this is Cassie. I'm finally back. I was off last week. I left you alone. I'm so sorry. And listeners, man, I'm so sorry that I left Karina unsupervised. I did not know she would do an episode about mealworms and then literally talk about eating them. My apologies, friends. Hey, I've gotten rave reviews on that so far from like two people. <laughs> oh, well, okay then. <laughs> and today we're joined by a very special co-host. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Jake. I'd like to I'd like to just make a point that the last time I did a presentation, I did a I did a presentation for work for Jake's class. And when the teacher said, Jake, do you want to introduce our guest? He said, yeah, that's my sister, Karina. She's 23. And this is my mom. She's, I will not say the age, but what he said. Um, oh, no, he said I was 22, which is wrong. And like, uh, so that was embarrassing. So I'm really glad that today you didn't say, hi, my name is Jake, and I'm 11, and I'm Karina's little brother. But you wouldn't be embarrassed about that, would you? No, I'm actually not. I don't care about my age Oh, okay. That that's good. So 11 or 22 or will not be stated for mom's sake. Um, it doesn't matter. Everybody can love critters and everybody can learn about this week's, this episode's critter. That's right. Yeah. And excitedly, ex excitably, excitingly, <laughs> excitedly, <laughs> excitedly, I proclaim <laughs> yes. that since we have Jake as a co-host, this episode will be kid-friendly. Absolutely. That's right. So if you're listening to it on your own right now, stop. Turn it off. Take it home. <laughs> take it. Wait, 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 wait. No, listen to it all the way through now. Then take it home and re-listen to it again. <laughs> we want those listeners. With your kids. Numbers. Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. Today is absolutely family-friendly for everybody. Yay. Are you excited to be on the podcast, Jake? Kid friendly, kid friendly, and yes. Yes. Yeah. So the reason that Jake's here, of course, today is because you guys know that originally we planned to release this episode the day that we would attend the Reptile Expo, mm -hmm. the, the next Reptile Expo we're going to, which happens to be the Reptilian Nation Expo in the Bay Area. Um, but we've had to adjust our recording and editing schedules yet again. Uh, so we've decided from this point forward, we're going to be releasing new episodes on Mondays. Mm -hmm. Now that means that they won't always be there in time for your Monday morning commute. Um, if you're one of those people that has to commute to work on Monday mornings, but they will be <laughs> like there. most of us. Not everybody has to commute to work for a 45 minute podcast episode though. True. You don't commute 45 minutes. No, but I listen to it on the way there and then the way back home. <laughs> so it's like broken up into chunks. Yeah. Um, but uh, it'll be there for your Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday commute. So you'll be all good with that. And your this episode sponsored too. apparently by the sound of soda being opened. Mmm, Dr. Pepper. Oh, I was going to say the name. <laughs> We're not actually sponsored by Dr. Pepper. Mm, it's a drink with a doctorate. <laughs> drink with bubbles. It's delicious. And actually, uh, speaking of shout outs for this week's episode as well, um, this week we're having another promo being featured in our episode. This week um, we are featuring the promo of a podcast called Ghouls Gone Wild, which I think is such a fun name, right? I, you know, when we made right. CritterCast, 
part of the reason that we stuck with Crittercast was because mm-hmm. of that alliteration. Yes. And we were aiming for a much longer title before. I'm glad we shortened it because it's so much easier yeah. to say and deal with. Um, but I, you know, Wait, we're big fans. do you remember fans. what it was going to be? I, w- I think we were going to do Cookies, Critters, and Karaoke. Yeah. Or Critters, Cookies, and Karaoke. That's right. Or something. And that's, that's so much. It's so much. We would have had to remember to say that every Crittercast time. Crittercast is so much, so much easier. easier. So much better. Um, so Ghouls Gone Wild, obviously they have one vote for me already for alliteration in their title. Um, it's a lovely female-driven podcast Woo-hoo! as well. Um, so this is their promo. Please enjoy. Hey, this is Christina. And this is Jess. If you enjoy stories about ghouls, ghosts, goblins, and everything in between, then join us on Ghouls Gone Wild as we explore haunted locations around the world and tell our favorite scary stories. New episodes are released on the 1st and 15th of each month. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or at ghoulsgonewildpodcast.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at ghoulsgonewildpodcast. Spook you later. In all actuality, this episode is not brought to you by anybody except for our own pockets, as usual. (laughs) And also our Patreon donors, which if you would like to join those ranks, check out our Patreon. Absolutely. Um, speaking of asking people to join and support us, mm. we also have exciting an exciting news. news. Wait, drum roll, ready? Do it, Jake. Ta-da! Ta-da! We are hoping to partake as vendors in our very first <gasps> Reptile Expo actually having a booth we haven't told jake the look on his face is absolutely priceless right now so there is a reptile show coming up in the bay area in may the weekend will be may 18th and 19th saturday and sunday and this is the norcal reptile expo or norcal reptile show Mm, expo yeah hold on i have it right here hello NorCal Reptile Expo, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's going to be taking place in Pleasanton in the Alameda County Fairgrounds, Um, and we reached out to them to say, hey, you know, like, what does it look like to vend? Would it even be possible, even though we're not breeders, we're not selling animals, and they um, responded back that they were very excited about doing interactive booths like ours, um, and sent us their application, so we have to raise $250 to pay for the booth, (gasps) Ah! which sounds like a lot of money, money. but if people that love and support us are interested in seeing us expand our mission and do what we do, bring some informational materials out, bring some of our critter ambassadors out um, to meet people... Why don't we say a little bit about what we'll be doing at the show? Yeah. Should we be able to make it there? Yeah. If we can raise that $250 and we can arrange time off and all the things we need to do in order to be able to go hang out at this expo for a weekend, um, we would plan to bring out, like I said, some cast themed merchandise. Not a ton of it. Just a little things, you know, our usual. We've got stickers. We've got fancy decals that we're rolling out. Heck yeah, um, we may we order a couple other sample merchandise items for people to see that they would be able to order online right um and we will also have of course some of our our own critter ambassadors there to meet people um because all of our animals are very cool and handleable and tame and just want to meet people so well and sometimes when you go to a reptile expo you just kind of want to see what sorts of animals might be a good fit for me yeah absolutely and you want to have someone where you can ask them questions when they're not swamped with other people who are trying desperately to like buy get their attention so that they can buy yeah so we wanted to be able to be there and have some of our reptiles and be able to be like and be it like be an informational booth where people can come and hang out and ask as many questions as they they want mm-hmm. and we can share what we've learned this this whole experience of becoming reptile owners and quickly becoming yeah. lovers of reptiles yeah. reptile fosters reptile rescuers <laughs> ah! we've kind of been thrown <laughs> into this world and we absolutely love it and we have done a lot of research to get there and we want to mm. be able to make somebody else's transition into a, a caring reptile owner a little bit easier yeah sometimes it's nice to just have that personal touch it's what we already do when we're helping people that are looking for cats and dogs yeah and we want to branch out and be able to do that um for people that are looking to start keeping reptiles or to branch out into other reptiles right. as well right so that's that's kind of our goal of coming to these expos and being a booth that's not a pressure to buy not a temptation to to 
buy even when you're not really prepared, but help mm-hmm. get you prepared, and then maybe you still buy that day from another booth, but right. you feel like you have a little bit more education. Yeah. Um, just supplementing those breeders that are working really hard. Yeah, man, we appreciate all the work that they do. There are amazing breeders at the places that we've been before. We've just been really impressed by the integrity and the hard work of these breeders. Absolutely. And their willingness to take time and answer our questions, but also we know they're busy and they've got to make up the money that it costs to travel here and to produce these animals. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, like you said, just kind of supporting them and the other reptile yeah. enthusiasts. Yeah, and we um, we want to be a part of that because we think that it's a really cool mission to be a part of. And, yeah. And that's just that's what's up with us. So that's our goal. We're going to be posting um, fundraising goals and updates for you guys as we go through on all of our social media. But that that's where we are at in the in the CritterCast world. Well, there's something else exciting going on in the CritterCast world. What else is going on in the CritterCast world? We have a new foster. Oh, absolutely. Those of you who follow us on social media or who listen to our previous episodes will know that our very first foster reptile a couple of weeks ago was a gorgeous albino leopard gecko mm-hmm. named Mello. Aww. And we only had him really for about a month. Yeah. I think we had him like basically over Christmas yeah. break. And he went to the event that verified he was all healthy and he yeah. had adopters ready to go. I had two applications within 24 and hours. And they were both great applications. him. Absolutely. So he has um, a wonderful home. So he very quickly just went home and was happy and is doing really well there and has a family that loves him and a little boy that was very excited to take home his first leopard gecko. Um, they had a bearded dragon and were looking for a leopard gecko and were super excited to be able to rescue instead of buying from a pet store where they didn't really know the history. Yeah. And not only were we able to supply them with a healthy, adorable adult leopard gecko, but we were also able to um, shout out some of our favorite local reptile stores Yeah. and give them some business and help this family know where they can get quality feeder insects where they get quality advice if they're looking to branch out more we told them all about visiting expos all about some of our favorite shops and breeders um not that we don't love our local big box stores as well there's a lot of great employees that work at those stores um but they don't really know where their animals are coming from and they don't really have any control to change where their animals are coming from so we always recommend people look at more um more knowledgeable sources where you know exactly where your animal's coming from and you know that you're not worrying at all about your animal having come from yeah. uh, a big numbers breeder that's not really caring about it, shipping it sick, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was a really cool experience for us. And then recently, uh, we are, of course, as most pet animal people are, <laughs> are a part of online lost and found pet groups. Of course. Part of that was like, I worked in a shelter for a long time. It was a big part of my job was to find out where these animals came yep. from, try to get them back, um, try to look for owners on these pages. Well, of course, we're still part of them, even though I don't work there anymore. Um, and somebody posted a photo of a bearded dragon in a backyard, just hanging out in someone's backyard. And I, I showed... It has been cold, It's been too. very cold where we live. It's gotten... Um, it'll get down to the 40s in the, at night, and then during the day... It's been getting down to the 30s at it's night. It's been cold. It's cold for us. Yes. We understand. Yeah, listeners. you guys have to understand we're in central California, like central <laughs> right. northern California, and it's not, like, we're not used to that cold. It right. doesn't snow here. It doesn't, like, it honestly doesn't even rain that much. It really We're doesn't. used to more mild temperate weather. Um, and it's been pretty cold for us. Yeah. We usually get that, like, this is the time of year where if it's going to get cold, it'll get cold this time of year. But either way, there's this bearded dragon just hanging out in someone's backyard. What the heck? In the middle of Davis, which is a college town. It's not like, you know, plus bearded dragons are native to Australia, yeah. not to <laughs> California. not a native <laughs> wild species here. Um, and I remember when I first saw it, it was before, it was like just, it had barely been posted. Oh, Nobody else had commented yet. Baby. And I showed Cassie and she was like, oh, are you going to... Are you going to mm-hmm. comment to volunteer to help it? And I said, no, I just commented that it was cute and I hoped somebody would miss it. Um, and mm-hmm. then, mm-hmm. you know, 23 comments later, um, other people have chimed in saying they offered to help, saying contact the local herpetological society, all great advice. And then one of my coworkers who works for the same animal rescue that I do um, said, absolutely contact all those people. Our organization could also help if you are um, interested. Uh-huh. And it, for whatever reason, I think it was partly because it was a Sunday, the other, the Herpetological Society is all volunteer run. They don't have anybody like manning the lines right. um, 24-7. And the shelters closed on Sundays. Right. So we ended up being the first ones to respond when the people that had 
contained the bearded dragon reached out for help desperately because they'd gotten it into a box. Right. And that was it. Yeah. They didn't have... They, a, they were not experienced with bearded dragons or with any mm-hmm. reptiles. They didn't know what to do to take care of it. No. And they were doing they just, the best they They knew could. that they were doing what they could. They knew it shouldn't be out loose. Yeah. Um, but they obviously just didn't really have anything. And they didn't want to just hand it off to some other person that had commented they could help. Absolutely. Because absolutely. Who do you know? Sure. How do you know those people? Yeah. How do you know they actually know what they're doing? Yeah. How do you know they'll give those animals back? Right. So that's how we ended up with a bearded dragon. <laughs> um, because we had beardy. our empty tank from Mellow. It is too small to be a long-term bearded dragon tank but we've really enjoyed the past week getting to nurse this this beardy who was very cold very um very in rough shape and very stressed out when we got her yeah but really it was like a 48 hour turnaround and she was a totally different wizard all she needed was some heat and some food and she was She's and a bath. Great. She loved her warm bath. So, and you guys saw the photo. If you follow us on Facebook, you saw the photo we posted of her, and we asked for some um, some thoughts on names, and we did get a couple suggestions, and we really appreciate those. In the end, we ended up sticking with the name Moana. Moana. Uh, <laughs> because we felt it really captured her spirit of adventure. Yes. And also, then we bought her a tiny crown, and it, it was all worth it. Yes. <laughs> she is a tiny little leader. So that's all um, that's going on in the CritterCast world to summarize. Yeah, that's Tomorrow, it. No big deal. a.k.a. the day before this episode is released, yes. we are going to a local expo just for fun, just to hang out, to see stuff as usual. Definitely we'll vlog it. Definitely not going to buy anything. Not going to buy anything. No. We'll we will, um, no, we're not going to buy an animal, at least. We might be some stuff, yeah. but we're yeah. not going to buy an animal because yeah. currently all of our tanks are yeah. maxed out. We don't, we literally don't have the space. It's a thing. Yep. Um, and then uh, after that, potentially looking at finding a new home for our foster bearded dragon. She's yeah. got quite a bit of interest already, yeah. so I don't think it'll be much hard for her. Yeah. And after that, potentially, hopefully, attending a show as a vendor oh if goodness. we can raise those funds. Yeah. So that's that's in the direct future of CritterCast, along with episodes continuing to be released bi-weekly on Mondays. Yep. Mondays at noon. Yes, ma'am. Easy to remember, noon Pacific time. Right. Pist. Pistic. Mm-hmm. Pististum. PST, Pacific Standard Time. PS, PST. <laughs> Are you ready, Jake? Mm-hmm. Are we ready to get started? Mm-hmm. Have you had enough caffeine to be funny? Yes. Okay, good. Okay, good. <laughs> Do you need more sugar to be funny? No. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think otherwise he'll never Chris, sleep. You can have the rest of this. Oh, thank you so wow. much. Wow. That's so kind That's of very you. very generous. So kind. I am, I am done with this. You're done. So are you ready to make your grand reveal? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I want to tell you a little bit about why I chose this particular animal first. Okay. Mm-hmm. So first of all, this is an animal that we don't know very much about. Okay. It lives in very remote regions. Okay. And so it's very difficult to learn about it. But um, there, there's been some concern that its population might be threatened because of, you know, numbers of factors Mm -hmm. so a lot of places have been looking into creating breeding programs Mm -hmm. um and also finding ways to study them a little bit better so we understand them more okay so they just recently started um a breeding program at the prospect park zoo in brooklyn new york okay and they just welcomed two important new residents a pair of palaces cats Palaces cats. That's right. I feel like I've seen them. Yes, I'm sure you have seen them. Palaces cats are one of the big cats, but Mm -hmm. they're not a big cat. Okay. They're actually about the size of your normal house cat. Okay. But they're so fluffy that (laughs) they look much, much bigger. Okay. Um, They've also become kind of an internet phenomenon recently because they have very distinct faces. Their ears are a little bit further down on their um, on their faces okay. on the side of their head, and they have round pu- pupils, so they kind of look like a mix between like a monkey and a cat. Okay. Um, and so they have the best expressions. So I'm pulling up some pictures right now, so that I can show you what the palace's cats look like. Oh my! Yeah. Cool. Are they cute? 
Yeah. Look at that. Yep. I'm looking at the same one Jake is and going, "Yep, "Uh uh-huh, I've seen that face on my cap before. Exactly. (laughs) Absolutely. So I really liked researching them because I feel like they're that bridge between a house cat and a big cat. Yeah. Right? I always felt like ocelots were that for Mm -hmm. me, just because that was the first small wild cat I ever learned about. But agreed. On the same level. Yeah. Palace's cat, ocelots. Tiny wildcats. Yep, exactly. And also, the kittens have become phenomenal, or a phenomenon recently, too, because mm-hmm. they're so fluffy and adorable, and oh my gosh, they're just the cutest little things. Um, so like I said, we don't know a ton, a ton, a ton about them, mm-hmm. but we're working on finding more out about them now. Cool. So, are <laughs> so poofy, poofy. They're oh poofy yeah. And they're so puffy with they're hair. They're so cute. <laughs> See, those just look like regular kittens. Yeah. Like the really they, young ones. Yeah. Totally just look like regular kittens. <laughs> those bright blue eyes that all kittens have. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, which people will know if they listen to our kitten episodes. Kittens right. are born with blue eyes. True, true, true. Just like Jake. But Jake <laughs> didn't grow out of his. You did grow out of your ears being folded closed, though. What? So that's good. Yeah, babies are born with their ears folded <laughs> closed. Kittens are. I think newborn babies might be when they first come out, but they, they fold out yeah, like within an quickly. hour of birth. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Kind of. You're all squished, and then you just kind of have to like inflate. Yep. When you come <laughs> right. Your head's a little squished. It's like, like if you buy a, uh, something that's been vacuum wrapped, and then you open it up and let oxygen those, in again. One of those, uh, it's just like one of those mattresses you get yeah. delivered rolled up. Just give it an hour. It'll come. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the palace's cats that are the new residents at Brooklyn uh, Prospect Park Zoo mm-hmm. are um, Batu, a male from Poland's Krakow Zoo, and Sarni, Sarnai, Sarnai, a female from Finland's Helsinki Zoo. And they're a part of the zoo's just launched palace's cat breeding program, which is an effort to conserve this they're technically listed as near threatened. Mm-hmm. They're not yet threatened, and we're trying to keep them from ever being threatened. Right. But right. there's there's a lot of concern about their habitat loss. Yeah. So, um, do you want to know where do they yes. where do these palaces get? Oh, why? What an excellent question. Jake is a much better question asker than I this am. This is an excellent question. The palace's cats live in, well, they're mostly well-adapted to cold, arid environments. Do you know what arid means? Arid means, like, windy? Yeah, and kind of um, rocky and deserty. Yeah. It's kind of... Kind of like a... So it's kind of like a mountain Exactly. Like a tundra-ish. Yeah. Kind of thing? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes... It's dry, too, right? Yes. So wouldn't that mean they have to have larger feet... Than what their body mass is. Mm. Feet the whole up their body mass. Feet that are bigger than their whole body. <laughs> like, uh, kind of like, like snowshoe hairs. Wide spread out yeah. feet is what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, probably. Let's get there. Let's let's talk a little bit more about where they live first, though. So they occupy steppes, which again is like a, tundra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And alpine deserts and rocky country at quite high elevations. And they make dens in caves, crevices, or burrows that have been dug by other animals. They don't do the digging themselves. They're too cute for that. They're not going to mess around with that. They're like, hmm. They don't want to get dirt in their fluffy this paws. This mine now. Exactly. <laughs> they just uh, take up residence. Move in. They're not building new houses. Right, right. They're smart. <laughs> Nobody builds a new house when you could just move into one somebody else already built. I mean, exactly. <laughs> Especially not by hand. Right? No. <laughs> too much. Yeah, kind yeah. of. Um, at, when we first found out about them, we thought that they were mostly nocturnal, but now we consider them to be crepuscular. Crepuscular. Remember I talked about that when I came to your class? they're awake, mostly at dawn and dusk. That's nice. right. High five. Way See? to go. We talked about that when we talked about corn snakes. Yeah. Look at them go. You are rocking it, kiddo. So their common name... <laughs> Is not palace cat? No. Oh. It's... Manal, Manal, Manal cat, M A N U L. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like palace cat is Manual. easier for people. No, no, there's no there's A. There's not an extra A. I know. Manual. Manul. 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 
Sure, could be. We'll just pretend we all have French <laughs> accents, even though they're not from uh, France. No, he is a manure. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so they were uh, first recorded by a German naturalist, Peter Pallas, which is where they get their... Pallas cat. That's right. In 1776. They're a wild cat known for their unique appearance. We think that there's roughly around 15,000 adult palaces cats that live in the wild in Central Asia and Eurasia today. But like I've said, that number is shrinking. Right. Uh, they've lost a lot of their na- native habitat to mining and farming. And their favorite prey, which is pikas. Pikas? Pikas. Are they birds? No. Are they rodents? They're rodents. Okay. Um, Do they look like Pikachu? I believe they are the inspiration for Pikachu. Oh, no. Yes. I suddenly <laughs> like palace cats less. Nah, that doesn't look enough no, like that Pikachu. Looks okay, like a it's fine. We don't, we don't have to feel bad about the, liking the palace. No, but that is though. a very cute rodent. It is. I will say that. I know. I know. <laughs> Most rodents are pretty cute. Yeah. You know, unless you catch really them, cute, like, though. snarling. Then, then, right. then they're not so cute. <laughs> so pikas and marmots, which are their favorite prey, have been hit really hard by vermicide campaigns. Oh. Yep. Hunters also pose a threat, both because they kill the cat for its thick fur, but also because the cats can become accidentally trapped, inadvertently in traps meant for wolves and foxes. Oh. I know. Poor babies. So like I said, they aren't yet endangered, but they their numbers are very quickly declining. And so they are... Um, designated as near threatened by the International Union for Conservation of Nature. Mm. So by breeding cats that we already have in captivity, the Prospect Park Zoo and other sorts of breeding programs hope to give this very precarious population just a little bit more support. Yeah, it's yeah. really important when we talk about breeding programs to note mm-hmm. that we're when these zoos and right. and research facilities and aquariums and sanctuaries are not breeding animals to keep in captivity. Yeah. Some of them will be kept in captivity to continue the breeding project mm-hmm. and to continue the research about these animals, especially with palace cats where we don't know a lot about them. Right. But the goal is to repopulate the wild um, yes. as much as you can. Of course, it doesn't mean that we're like raising babies and playing with them and then dropping them off in the wild and right. hoping they'll survive on their own. That would not be good. That would be very <laughs> irresponsible and it wouldn't help to contribute to hey Jake, the population. We should we just drop you off in the wild? Be like, okay, have fun. Here you are in the, the steppes and tundras. You no of... longer have any of the comforts of human society. Have okay. fun. I actually... You Stay wouldn't warm. survive very long, my friend. No, I would. I oh, have survival you... instincts. Oh. I... Are we? I think we're uh, calling. Are we're you calling you on your bluff? <laughs> past oh, I'm a the boy scout. I'm a boy scout. Oh, I'm a boy scout All right. <laughs> hey, stop. That's Poppy, actually. Yeah, but Rue started it. You'd probably be fine then. <laughs> hey, no, thank you. I know a lot about chili. it, and it's I know how to make chili. stuff to live. But do you know as much as a palace cat? Probably not. Probably not. I also know about wild berries, which ones are. Harmful. Which one? Which animals to stay away from? Are you willing to heal? eat pikas though? I'll eat anything out in the wild. Oh, to survive. I'll eat Challenge anything accepted. to survive. <laughs> I'll eat if Jake's I can survive. New, Jake's got I a will new survive. Animal Planet show. <laughs> Jake versus the wild. <laughs> Jake versus which berries can he eat? <laughs> I know which ones I can eat and which ones I can't. All I know right. which animals are hostile and which ones are. Not. Do you want to learn more about palace cats? Yeah. Let's okay. learn more about them. So they are very rare in the U.S. In, on exhibit. Yeah. Um, with just 42 specimens being kept in captivity across 18 institutions accredited by the Association of Zoos and Aquariums. So, you know, if you've had a chance to see a palace cat live in a zoo that has a breeding program, you are one of the rare few. Congratulations. Send me pictures. Oh, or we could just go find them. Can we go find them, please? Yes. Okay. Let's go. Cross country road trip. Snuggle them. Yes. Every single one. Uh, yeah, we'll go find all go forty-two palace one. cats. Yes. Perfect. Well, we know the first stop is New York, and then we'll work our way back. Wonderful. Easy Sounds peasy. good. All right. All right. So that German naturalist that I mentioned earlier first described the cat in 1776. He's the one who actually named the cat Felis Menel, uh, and theorized that it was an ancestor of the Persian cat. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Because of its round face, luxurious coat, and stocky body. Okay, I mean, maybe, but also... That makes a little sense, but, like, you, ha- you can't find out for sure unless you check the DNA. Yeah, no, he was so wrong. Yeah, he was very totally, wrong. Totally, totally wrong. Then what are they related to? To other big carnivorous cats. Not like at all related cats, to domestic links, cats. Things oh. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Definitely not an ancestor. Like, you can look at that and be like, yeah, that looks like a lynx. Yeah. Like, the ears are a little funky, the right. eyes are a little funky, but yeah. it looks like a lynx to me. Yes. It like, does. Right? Exactly. So, later on, the cat's scientific name was changed from Felis Manuel to, <laughs> all right, bear with me, Autocolobus. What? Autocolobus Manuel? Wait, let me see. Autocolobus. Yeah, you just sit back down. <laughs> Which is unfortunately not the nicest name for the cat because autocolobus is a Greek word for. Any guesses? Autocolobus. Auto is body? Ear? Ear. Dead ear? Floppy ear. Ugly ear. Like a Dumbo. Yeah. It's basically the Dumbo cat. Yeah. Oh, that's so <laughs> sad. Isn't that awful? Dumbo has giant, elegant ears. Yes, very that make strong. That make him fly. a secret That strength. is beautiful. <laughs> it shall be changed from ugly ears to majestic ears. Perfect. beautifulness. <laughs> new name, new official name. <laughs> majestic ears of beautifulness cat. Scientists must be listening. Yes. <laughs> Scientists who are in charge of the classification process... As such as it is. <laughs> Listen to all of our episodes. We have some thoughts. Go back to number one. We have some critiques. <laughs> we have suggestions. Constructive criticism. That's right. We're just workshopping here. Right. right. <laughs> Don't take it personally. We're, we're just trying to think of names that would make it more we're, like itself. Exactly. Right. We're trying to be more realistic. Yeah. Trying to help these animals yeah. get away from their near-threatened status by giving them a more appropriate name. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> So while some may consider the palace's cat's ears to be ugly, the rest of the we world would not. Think right, of them exactly. As beautiful, majestic ears. That's freaking like right. Ears. Absolutely. Now, what's interesting about the ears, if you don't have a picture of a palace's cat right in front of you, is that, like I said earlier, they're kind of like halfway down on on their head, and they sit flat on the sides of its head. So they're one of the the most distinguishing features of the palace's cat. As Crystal DiMichelli, who is a former animal keeper at Prospect's, Prospect Park Zoo, uh, says, having low position ears actually helps the cat to conceal itself. So since they don't poke up mm-hmm. <laughs> over the top of wherever the cat might be hiding, uh, they don't give away the cat's position. Yeah, and if those of you who are driving right now and can't immediately Google Palace Cat, mm-hmm. firstly, you'll be sad. You're missing yes. out. Secondly, think like house elf. <laughs> or, yeah. but not, you A know, furry. that's kind of what it's like. Yeah. Cat house elf. Yeah. Who also looks kind of like a monkey. Yeah. Like yeah. a capuchin. A capuchin monkey. I can say words. <laughs> capuchino You're struggling monkey. a little bit. I didn't do my vocal warm up. What is oh, it? No. a capuchino monkey? Yeah. What if the name is Cappuccino Monkey? It's Capuchin, my friend. Either way. Whew. That's what they look like. Yes. All right, let me talk a little bit about their fur, though. Okay. Because they I'm are styling. Okay. Okay? Okay. All right, are you ready to be sold? Yeah. On how gorgeous and amazing their fur is? Okay. So it's longer and denser than any other coat belonging to a member of the felid species and it grows even heavier in the winter and the underbelly on its the undercoat on its belly is twice as long as the fur covering the rest of its body what do you think that might be why would they have longer fur on their stomachs than they have all over the rest of their body so that it can gather more heat Mm, maybe Maybe. or they can or it can keep the heat in it like Honestly, it it's got me stumped because you feel like it would get all tangled going around in the in the no. ground and like it would no. be dragging a lot. Unless the heat is making it so that the snow falls off, kind of like water ish. Oh, wow! I think it's actually to protect its belly more. 
Okay. To keep it from scraping against the rocks that it lives on. Or if, like... It's like a sensor system. Like, to know if there's, like, rocks there or something. I don't, I don't think so. Heavy? No, I think it's, it's just, like, protection. They, it's like your hair. Like, you don't sense stuff at the end of your hair. Like, yeah. if you were to touch the end of my hair, my hair doesn't feel it. Only my hand feels it right, but I don't have any sensors right. in my hair. Right, So my it's the same thing. It. But essentially what Cassie is saying is it just provides an extra layer of protection for them so that they're not scratching up their skin. Which, to me, seems counterproductive because now you just have, like, a bunch of matted hair. Right. And that feels like that would be painful. Well, except here's oh, another thing, though. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I have an idea. Oh, what if okay. their hair okay. is like a polar bear's hair? What? The polar bear All right. has a second coat of hair. Yeah. The second coat of hair keeps the heat entrapped more, but it also doesn't get tangled up so that it falls into the snow. What if their hair is kind of like a polar bear's? I don't know. Cassie's got the facts, so we yeah, have to so maybe fact it check with her. Matt quite as much. It does. It, it's a double layer, like you're talking mm-hmm. about, and yeah, hopefully it doesn't get too matted, huh? Because mm-hmm. that would kind be uncomfortable. Like I'm guessing part of it also is protection, so that if like, anything, it's it was trying to eat. Than regular hair. Nah. Or something? No, not necessarily stronger than regular hair, but like if I was going to take a bite out of you right now. Mm-hmm. And I tried to bite your stomach, which is one of the most vulnerable places that you have. Mm-hmm. What what would I get if I bit at you right now? You'd get sweatshirt, mm-hmm. yeah? Yeah, I'd ah, get sweatshirt. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Right. So that if the animal tries to bite the stomach, it'll get a mouthful of hair instead. Right. So I'll <laughs> learn tell. about what their predators are. Yeah, so wolves, other large cats that live in the area. Uh, but honestly, its primary predators are humans. Bummer. Yeah. That makes sense because most animals' primary predator is a human. Yeah. True. Mm-hmm. We cause True a lot of damage. Do that. Get real here with Crittercast. And now we bounce back. Yeah. All right. So the colors that they can come in, they range from, in winter, um, a silvery gray sort of a color. Okay. Okay. And then they can get a darker red tone color during warmer months. How, why do you think that might be? They're kind of like snowshoe hairs. Mm-hmm. Their hair changes color depending on what season it is. Yeah. So that they can blend in more with camouflage. Bingo. 100% yes. A on this test. So they're also kind of like... Mm-hmm. It happens kind of the same with like a stick. Uh, but a walking stick? A walking stick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where... They're or a chameleon or geckos. We or talk about camouflage hairs. a lot. Snowshoe hairs. Snowshoe hairs. Yeah, we or talk about a lot of critters. that flies or stuff like that. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, absolutely. That so that's so their most lot. common coloring. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of natural? Yep. Reddish yep. Thing. Some cats that are in Central Asia are like red, red. Mm. I know. It'd be pretty, red huh? Red pandas are kind of like that. They're just almost fully on just red. Fully red. Like and that similar color. Yeah. Like Red pandas who are also from Southeast Asia. Exactly. Which probably helps them blend in. Mm -hmm. I also have a little fact about this. Oh. About, uh, like, not the Pazcats, but, like, the red panda. They are mostly related to themselves. But. Whoa. That's actually a true fact. Mind blowing. A true fact. So, I guess we're bringing Jake back for two episodes. One on one dog Q&A and one on red pandas. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. But today... We are all we about love. beautiful, majestic ear cats. Palace cats. Ear cats. I, That's right. Ear cats. They are the Not majestic ear cats. Not ear cats, but the ear cats. But I'm chuck. They do have a lot of markings. Their head is streaked and speckled with dark markings, and their bushy tail is banded and has a dark tip. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those markings get darker during the summer. Kind okay. of like a cheetah. Yeah, they yeah. Have cheetahs have that dark. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like a mix between a lynx and a cheetah because it's got Ooh. like the stripies like a lynx has. Yeah, but lynxes have white tipped tails. Yeah, instead of black instead tip. of darker tipped tails. Yes, like exactly. So they tend to live at elevations from around fifteen hundred feet to nearly seventeen thousand feet. Wow! Right, oh and they live particularly places. in grassy and rocky areas so that they can conceal themselves from predators as much as possible. It's so hard for us to think about mountains as not being just, like, 
direct cliffs because like mountain ranges have so many areas of plateaus and places where like a lot of animals live their whole lives maybe just like at that elevation and a little bit of of, above or underneath but like we think oh an animal that lives in a mountain must literally like live like on the top of the mountain right right? like on a hill like I'm so confused right yeah they have many points in which there'll be miles and miles of plateau and they can live there yep. on the side of a mountain happily mm-hmm. for their entire lives. Exactly. Kind of like a bear-ish, except for bears dig down. Bears have more too. traveling too, because they're bigger. Yeah. They're huge. Yeah. Because we remember we were talking about birds. palace cats being about the size mm-hmm. of an average house cat, and a bear is it's much larger than humongous. a person. Right. So, so they need right. a bigger range. <laughs> the size of this roof, it stood, if it stood up. Yeah. Humongous. Yeah. Maybe depending on the type of bear. Yeah. 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 Definitely when the ceilings get lowered in our hallway for no reason. Right. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) And not be able to get through here unless they just... Yeah, hopefully we never have a bear in our apartment. bear breaks in, (laughs) run for the bedrooms. Yeah. It it won't be able to get (laughs) there. Won't be able to get there. Run under the bedrooms. Then when it walks by... Yeah. Both out Under the, the bedrooms. Yeah. Get out from the That makes sense. Both out the door. Okay, we have an escape plan if we Should ever get broken into by bears. <laughs> if it picks up the bed, just run. Wow, I'm really glad we covered that yeah, important information. so important. Vital. So, For like you were saying, we would run if we were in danger, but a palace cat doesn't we run hide. very fast. Oh, well, they've got oh. a lot dragging them down. That's right. <laughs> they, they do. They would run as fast as they could, no, then hide. No, it wouldn't run. It would freeze and crouch flat down to the ground and get really motionless and its fur would help it blend in with its surroundings. Kind of like it's trying to play dead, but it's also yeah. camouflaging. Yeah. Like an opossum mixed mm-hmm. with a chameleon or something. Sure. Or snow I mean, hair it doesn't even need to be mixed. Possums kind of have the same technique. Yeah. They're like, blend in, hide. Yep. And when in doubt, just lay flat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just don't move. Just don't move. You can't touch me. Nobody wants to eat something that maybe isn't even real. Right? Or <laughs> maybe is dead. Ew, Ew. gross. <laughs> or it Or it could be like a rock. Yeah. You or- don't know. So Palace's cats, like who we were talking about, typically weigh less than 12 pounds. Do you know how wow. much... Wow. Do you know how much Gatsby weighs? How much? 15. What? Yeah. Yep. They weigh less than the average He's a big boy. Cat. Yep. <laughs> No, they weigh about an average house cat. Our cats are very large. They're bigger than (laughs) that. And they're usually only about two feet long in body length, not even counting their tail. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they're not much bigger. They're kind of like a cat. Yeah. They're smaller than a lot of Maine Coons. Mm -hmm. But their fur is even fluffier than Maine Coons, so they're going to look even bigger. Yeah. But their body weight under It's a type of very fluffy house cat. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Big paws. Big old paws. Yep. Big old face. Yep. Made for Fluffy walking through tail. snow. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whew. All right. Cool. They do share another feature in common. Um, oh, I'm sorry. No, they share a feature in common with the larger wild cats, like lions and tigers. And bears. Oh, my. Did sorry. They have- I had to. <laughs> I had to. They do lions share this and tigers with and bears. bears oh, yes. Okay. This Wait. is a shared trait. Wow. So they have like <laughs> strong jaws. Okay, or let her like tell us. Teeth? Don't jump ahead. Neither. Their pupils are shaped uh, in a round shape okay. instead of being vertical or slit shaped like a house cat. Ah. Do you have any idea why that might be, Karina? So that they're. <laughs> oh, I asked Karina. Oh, sorry. Oh, so oh, sorry. You can't answer. Either. It's because they are not nocturnal. <laughs> they are diurnal animals. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> why our house cats keep us up all night, because they're actually nocturnal. Yep. <laughs> yep. <sighs> so, palace cats are ambush predators. So they spend a lot of their time hunting pika, the small mammal that we talked about, and other little critters like gerbils, voles, hares, ground squirrels, Birds and young marmots. Oh, I bet that makes you happy. I have one question. That they hunt squirrels? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that I one part. <laughs> one question. Yes. Just one? Do they eat water voles? Like, voles that live near water. Sure. If okay. they are in the area. If they can yeah. find them and catch them. Water voles They're not like, picky. No. They eat what they can. Water voles are voles that live, like, closer to the water than other moles Here's, bold, here's the thing I think that you need to grasp about critters is that if, if they are out there and they have a specific type of hunting, they're going to get what they can take. 
anything. Mm -hmm. They're not going to try to ambush something yeah. and be like, actually, that's a gray squirrel and not a ground squirrel, right. so I think I'll avoid it. Unless it's poisonous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In which like, case they're like, oh. Like a poisonous snail. Peace out, dude. Right, right. If, that, like, if you look at something and you're like, right. that is bright orange. That doesn't look tasty. Yep. But anything like, all those rodents are brown. Fair game. <laughs> Everybody's yeah. Fine, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is they're how they function. Brown. So they're not, they're, like they're not so picky. If you went to a grocery store. They're only store, picky. If they're poisonous yes. or venomous. Right. Yeah. So if you went to a grocery store and you were like, I need to procure my food. I hate broccoli. It is poisonous to me. So I'm just going to grab everything and shove it into my cart as fast as I can except anything green. Because anything green could be broccoli. That doesn't make any sense. Sure it does. Oh, I get what you're grasping at. Oh. I get it. Oh, good. All right, so Palace's cats are adorable and fluffy, particularly as kittens, but they probably would make terrible pets. I mean, because yeah. Wild they are, yes, they are wild animals. They are very solitary animals. They do not like to be near each other. So in the wild cat book, authors Fiona and Mel Sunquist talk about an anecdote that was provided by Bill Swanson, who is the director of animal research at the Cincinnati Zoo. So zookeepers were watching a litter of newborn Palace's cats, right? Mm -hmm. Newborns, okay? Yes. And they were really concerned because the cats were making these funny noises and they thought they were having difficulty breathing. Mm -hmm. So they investigated more closely and they finally realized that the noises that they were hearing was the kittens growling and hissing at each other before they had even opened their eyes. They were like, I sense there's more of you. Go away. I hate you. Get out of here. They're kind of like they're kind of like people who don't like attention. Yes. Yeah. Or want to be near anything but themselves. Exactly. They just want to do their own thing they're even hermits. when they kind can't do like their own thing brother. yet. <laughs> kind of like my brother. He doesn't like people. So, it's estimated that Palace's cats probably mate between December and March. The females typically give birth around the end of March into May, mm -hmm. and their gestation period lasts about 66 to 75 days. Okay. Nice yeah. narrow window. Understandable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Palace's cats usually give birth to three or four kittens, but a litter can sometimes have as many as eight kittens, that poor mama. And I bet right? they really hate each and other. They hate each oh, other so that, much. That's Just like not good. Me and Josh. And oh my god! Stop it! You can't call people out like that. <laughs> me and my brothers and my sisters. <laughs> oh my <God. laughs> me, me and my brother and my sisters. Sometimes. Ah, sibling love. <laughs> Mostly Josh. Though. Kittens become independent by about four to five months. So really pretty. Pretty young. Pretty yeah, but I they later gotta than be, I, though. later than I thought though, right? because you know I thought they would start wanting to branch off on their own. Yeah, at, like as soon as they could. Right. I think they probably want to. But like they can't. <laughs> they literally can't. They don't have I the was survival thinking skills. You would yeah. say yeah. about like six or seven. Six or seven months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like this and more yeah. About you were that. you were closer yeah. than I was. Yeah. I was thinking eight weeks out. Yeah. They're like <laughs> get weeks. out of Skidaddle. here. Run away. <laughs> Uh, when they reach about 9 to 10 months, they're old enough to reproduce. What? Yeah. They can reproduce? Of course they can. Common house cats can reproduce as young as 6 months old. Yeah. Wow. That's why it's That's... important to get your cat spayed or neutered. But not neutered, your palace folks. cats because we're trying to yeah. breed them. Right. Do not get your palace's cat spayed or neutered. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because we're trying to have as many of the beautiful, majestic, eerie cats That's as right. possible. That's mm -hmm. right. Because that, it's yeah. all of nature's creatures. Yeah. You didn't have to whisper that one. That's our tagline. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. we love nature. We love and nature. all of nature's... Animals. Yeah. And monsters. Even oh. if... As long as they're beautiful and they are kind. They're all they beautiful are amazing, to us. What if, and they are gentle. What if they're kind of like... Ugly and aggressive. Yeah. Do we still love them? Answer As is, long as they're animals. Yes! yes. As long <laughs> as they're animals, we love them forever. That's true. <laughs> oh... So how long do you think Palace's cats can live in the wild? Five years. Very Ten. close. No, six. Six. Yeah. That's the estimated average. Um, but because, oh, I'm sorry, that's the estimated top range. Yeah. <laughs> but because of predators and other dangers, their lifespan is likely to average around three years. Ooh. However, in captivity, they've been known to live as long as 12 Ten. 
12. Wow. I was kind of close with my first yeah, estimate. Yeah, you about were 10. very close. More like a yeah. lab. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I always get sad when we talk about age age ranges of wild I know. I know. It's so sad. And this is why our cats are indoor cats. And also. So they are brutal. They can live the longest <laughs> they can. <laughs> that's right. This is why we own domestic cats. Yeah. What's that cat? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they make sounds in addition to the hissing and growling that we talked about <laughs> that they make as babies. I don't think they make that noise. No, I don't mm-hmm. think so. But you know what noise they do make? Do they purr? They do purr. They purr. <laughs> yeah. That Is sounds more terrible? like a soda fizzing. <laughs> you have to do it close to the mic. No, my turn, my turn, my turn. The master. Thank you. The master. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so they yelp and growl when excited, and they make a sound similar to a small dog. Okay. I like to think of them making Poppy's extremely high-pitched, excited sound. Mm, please don't recreate that in this moment. <laughs> I won't. I won't. No She's laying will. down. She's got her head down. Yeah. We're not making We're any noises. We're not no. doing it. Um, they can also purr like we've discussed. They also make a mating call that is said to resemble a cross between the bark of a small dog and the hoot of an owl. I bet. Okay, that's okay. Yeah. I was going to say, I bet it kind of sounds something like the the um, the chirping that like our cats do sometimes. Oh, yeah. But not the, not the like, I'm not hunting. The... Yeah. But the more like the... Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. More Maybe like a deeper. Yeah. Aww, Eleven has a very voice whiny so voice. Cute. But like if it was it's so like precious. Midnight's version of that. Wait, I think I know what sound they are. You woke up the dogs. No, you that's got out a monster. That's blues clues right there. That's a mating call. Yep. <laughs> no, that's totally just blues clues is what he's doing. Well, you watch too much Blue's Coos. I actually don't. I actually have no idea what Blue's Coos is. But I actually, wonder who it's from. I actually have no idea what Blue's Coos is, but I do know something called Okakao, where they have the scene of this like kangaroo thingy. And I'm going to cry. That, burr, 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 yeah, he has no idea what Blue's Clues is. What have you been doing as a sibling? I, I feel I'm, like I just need to curl in a hole and wait, die I, because I'm old now. I, I, I kind of I kinda know what the books are, but I'm not really into the books. It's a lot. TV show. It's a TV show. Isn't it like a, isn't it made into a book though? No. Oh. <sighs> I don't know what Blue's Clues is. Goodness. The main trick of keeping them healthy is that since they live at such high elevations, their immune systems are not adapted for lower elevation living. So they aren't equipped to handle viruses that thrive at lower attitudes. So that means that conservation efforts to keep the wild population healthy are really, really important. Mm. There, um, Like I said, there have been a lot of recent attempts to try to help foster their, um, their population growth, to protect them. There's been... Um, some more work done by Russia, too, which is really interesting. And then there was a feature film that BBC did called A Big Cats Feature, mm-hmm. where they were talking about the um, the different big cats of Earth. Mm-hmm. And they included the palace's cat. Aww. And they got the first ever footage for a TV show on camera of palace's cat. Oh, wow. right. That's so cute. Yeah. And so since then, I guess they just totally stole the show in this movie. Mm-hmm. They were so cute and they were so adorable. They also, one of the, the cameras that they put up, one of the kittens found it and was like, what Oh, I, is think, this I, thing? I think I've seen that footage, yeah. which is probably why the name sounded familiar mm-hmm. when you first mentioned, mentioned it. Him. Yeah. yeah. I'll, we'll show you the video when we're done recording. It's yeah. very cute. Okay. Yeah. It pays to be cute when your species needs human right health. absolutely mm-hmm. so there's actually been um as a result of the increased profile of palaces cats there's been recent ecotourism operators who have been offering holidays to watch the animals in their native environment which like mm, iffy yeah mm, i mean mm, mm, yeah yeah let's maybe do it really carefully 
Let's think about the, like, think about Jurassic Park. Right. Right. Yeah. Think about how well that went. Yeah. And that was contained. Yeah. Exactly. was it? Exactly. So people have speculated that the reason that they've captured so much attention is because of their really curious personality but also their really expressive faces. Yeah. And the reasons that, their scientific reasons that we find their faces so expressive and relatable. Mm -hmm. They have um, shorter faces than most cats, which makes the face look more like a human face, which helps us to identify different, like, things that we would call emotions. It's why people love pugs so much. Totally. Because they make a human emotional face. Yep. Um, and because, again, of the circular uh, pupils, it looks more like... They look like little humans in cat face. bodies. Yes. That's and it's true. a little creepy. It's a little creepy, right? But people look and they go, oh, yeah. I love things that are a little creepy yep. but ultimately cute. Yep. <laughs> exactly. The ultimate cute. The cat. ultimate adorable. Yeah. Oh, so, so adorable. But cat conservation officers and scientists including David Barkley, have explained that it's really important for us to learn more about these creatures. He says that there are large gaps in our knowledge of palaces cats across the species range, and that really limits our ability to create effective conservation strategies. So that's why we're trying to learn more about them now, which we can do partly by keeping them in captivity, but you can't really learn about what what they're They're like. like. Exactly. And you have them in a cage. Yes. So... The community outreach, including threat surveys, community engagement, delivery of educational materials, etc., provides us with new information and allows us to give something back to help raise awareness of the species. There is um, something called the PICA partnership with Norden's Ark and the Snow Leopard Trust that's founded um, by some different conservationists that aims to do this by learning more about the species in the wild. Yeah. And that means that local people in the areas near where the cats live are um, are working with these researchers throughout the cat's natural range to raise awareness of the species, track what they're doing, track where they see them, take notes for the scientists, which I think is a great way of involving like local people in scientific data collection. Yeah. Because you're going to get the most accurate information from people who know the habits and like right. livelihoods of these animals. Plus, if you engage them and get them to care about these animals, then right. you are less likely to encounter any difficulties when you're trying to go in and help the animals. Totally. And people aren't seeing them as a nuisance or a right. threat when right. they're involved in trying to help them. Yeah, exactly. How would they be a nuisance or a threat if they are the beautiful, majestic cat ears? Unfortunately, Jake, there are many, many Ear people cat. in the world that don't love Rude. critters the same way we do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very so sad, sad, but that's part of what we try to do here at CritterCast, yep. is help people understand even the most misunderstood of critters. True, okay, true. Okay, but also, wouldn't it kind of be dangerous for locals to do it? Unless they have, like, especially well, equipment that will keep them safe. Well, they're not tracking. Like, they're no. not they're not going no, no. into the dens of these critters and following them. No, no, no. But they're like, just saying... Still, like, a safe I've, distance, but, like, do they run faster than humans? Well, they're not... No, they don't, remember? They don't run. Oh, yeah. Right? But they're not going after the cats. They're just taking notes when they happen to see the cat. Yeah. So it's like okay. when if you were, like, hanging out in your backyard and you were, like, watching the birds and squirrels do their thing, you would take mm-hmm. notes on what they're doing as they just do their thing. You didn't go Ooh, into their territory yeah. at all. Oh, that that makes so much more sense and it's so much safer. Yeah. Yep. For much safer. Everyone. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That makes so much more sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Thank so you it's... for explaining that. You are welcome. That's what we do. We explain what we should do when we find an animal. Yeah. And what we yeah. shouldn't do to keep us and the animal safe. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And also talking about the different ways that we can work together um, as a global community or as a local community to help watch out for the critters that we love, whether it's because they're majestic or ugly. <laughs> what might what As might you do tomorrow or moving forward to help Palace's cats? Spread the news of how beautiful they are. Yeah. And spread the news about them being kind of like what to do when you see a palace cat and what not to do when you see a palace yeah. cat. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I would say it might be more worth your time to stick with the first task of just spreading the knowledge of, hey, do you know what a palace's cat is? I'm sharing some fun facts, some of those basic facts that mm-hmm. we spit out today. Because, like I said, unless we decide to move across the world, you're really not going to see any. Nah. They're not here at all. Um, with some of our other critters that we've talked about, you can absolutely teach people what to do when mm-hmm. you see them out in the wild. I mean, we talked about corn snakes in one of our very popular episodes. Yeah. You know a lot about corn snakes because mm-hmm. I have a corn snake. You can absolutely tell people what to do if they happen to see those in the wild here in America. Um, And same for lots of other critters that we talk about. But with the palaces cats in particular, I think a good mission for you is to just start telling more people about them. Yeah. They're not a really well-known species, and we want to get those facts out there. they're well-known, for the good facts, people are going to get to know them better. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's right. Exactly. That's why documentaries like Mm -hmm. the one BBC did are so important to get people engaged. Yeah. And to know that there are more beautiful and amazing facts than bad facts about palace cats. About yeah. most Hopefully. critters, really. There's a lot of really cool and mm-hmm. interesting facts out there. Even some of the animals that Cassie has not wanted to talk about, we've learned some really cool facts about. Even She about did not want to talk about black widows. No. And we talked mm-hmm. about them, and we learned some really cool facts. Uh, she did not talk about mealworms with me, but... I listened to the episode. <laughs> but we talked about some really cool facts about mealworms, and we talk about all kinds of critters. Bats. People didn't want to talk about bats, but right? we wanted to talk about yeah, bats. Yeah, we did. Okay. I'm okay with bats, but spiders, I am not. You should I listen to our okay spider episode. I have arachnophobia. I'm just going to put that out there. Self-diagnosed arachnophobia, yeah. folks. Yeah. Really, we'll do a number on you. He's literally I, shaking. I do not like it. I okay. Mean, <laughs> so, Jake, here at CritterCast, we usually have a sign-off that includes two two sentences. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we have to come up with a third for today. I, there are many thirds to this one. Are there? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I can, can I say one? Uh, Do you know do what you our know sign-off is? Our sign-off? I don't know the two sentences, but I know of three really good sentences. No, no, we have two. In, here, you're going to improv. Okay, because this whole thing's been improv for you. Do you know what improv is? Yeah, you're going to be the last one. So we'll say our two sentences, and then you say your third one. Okay, Okay. ready? I'll say mine first. Okay. See you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile. I hope you you were feeling pretty good about this one, because this was the best episode. Because I hope this is a good episode. I hope you learned a lot about palace cats. Okay. I hope you're feline good about this one.